The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Baseball Podcast. DJ Short, the usual co-host of this show, is out this week because he and his wife are expecting a baby. Uh, we've officially placed him on the paternity leave list. Um, in, in for DJ, we have Ryan Boyer, who you know well from the pages of Roto World Baseball and Facebook Live fame. How's it going, Ryan? It's going good, man. We got a kind of a St. Louis uh, podcast going on, which I'm... <laughs> I'm sure people love people love the Cardinals outside of St. Louis. Right? I wasn't sure if we should mention that. I think there's like <laughs> it's it's illegal to have two Cardinals fans on one national podcast at once. Um, you, you left something out. You meant to say your first place St. Louis Cardinals. By the way. <laughs> We're already going to lose <laughs> listeners, man. <laughs> and click. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's going to nobody's going to listen to this, which is maybe good because I'm recording on an old computer. If you hear a humming noise, it's because of that. We're lost without DJ, who has the good recording equipment, but the baby comes first, and I think DJ will be a father here in the next week or so. I think he's just had an appointment for this episode, but um, yeah, we, we, the schedule might change on these podcasts as, as, as DJ awaits his first child. Um, before we get into it, let me note that you can find all current and past episodes of the Roto World Baseball Podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, the Google Play Store. And of course, the Roto World website. If you're listening on iTunes, please consider rating and reviewing the show. It helps other people find it, and getting gold stars just makes us feel good. Um, there have been a ton of closer changes around the league this week. That's kind of what we're going to headline here, whether due to injury or ineffectiveness. Um, let's start with the latest dose of bad news for the Mets. Yeah, Jury's Familia uh, was diagnosed with an arterial blood clot in his right shoulder on Thursday in New York. And he's going to travel to St. Louis to see Dr. Robert Thompson, who is a thoracic outlet syndrome expert. He uh, operated on Matt Harvey, among others. And it's things are pretty up in the air, obviously, until he's that appointment. But the Mets left up open the possibility that he could have surgery and, you know, what that timetable might be, uh, no one really knows yet, but it certainly seems like something that could keep him sidelined for a long time, possibly even season-ending. We just, we just don't know yet. But obviously Addison Reed, who filled in early on in the season for Familia while he was on the 
domestic violence suspension, is going to step in at closer for the Mets. And he's been really good since the beginning of last season, a 2.16 ERA, a 113-13 to strikeout-to-walk ratio in 95 and two-thirds innings since the beginning of last season. So obviously, if Addison Reed is out there in your league still, rush to pick him up right away because he could conceivably be the closer for the rest of the season and should fare pretty well on the roll. Yeah, I was trying to look up um, other pitchers who've had an arterial blood clot in their shoulders, and it kind of ranges. Like some, There are some cases where guys are back in a month. A lot of cases, though, it's, it's four months to the whole year. Um, right. So we just really don't know. Maybe we'll have more information by the time this podcast publishes on Friday. That's usually how this works. Um, earlier this week came word that Orioles closer Zach Britton is going to miss the next 45 to 60 days after being diagnosed with a muscle strain in the belly of his left forearm. Uh, Britton spent time on the disabled list in April with forearm discomfort and then made the situation worse by trying to rush back in early May. He lasted just two appearances before landing back on the DL on Saturday. Uh, The good news is his ulnar collateral ligament is fully intact and he won't need major surgery, but it sounds like Britton is going to be sidelined until sometime around the All-Star break. Uh, that would seem to give Brad Brock a real path to become an upper-tier fantasy closer, though he did blow a save in ugly fashion on Wednesday against the Nationals, and maybe Darren O'Day could work his way into the ninth inning mix if Brock has another bad outing or two. But I like Brock. Um, Entering Wednesday's rough appearance in Washington, he had a 2.41 ERA for the season, and he owns a 2.54 ERA with 199 strikeouts over his last 177 innings dating back to the start of the 2015 season. But, yeah, Britain owners, I, I'd be worried about him getting that closer job back even even when he returns. Also, the Tigers have made a change at closer, demoting active career saves leader Francisco Rodriguez to a lower leverage role after he blew two saves last weekend in Oakland. Um, taking over for him is left-hander Justin Wilson, who I think has the goods to run away with Detroit's ninth inning gig. He has a 1.23 ERA, 0.55 whip, and 23-4 to 4 K to walk ratio in 14 and 2 innings this season. He was in line for a save opportunity on Tuesday in Arizona before the Tigers extended their lead to four runs heading into the bottom of the ninth. He did still close out that game with a 1-2-3 inning against the top of the Diamondbacks order. And, yeah, I think they're going to be a lot more saves to come for Wilson. Um, people worry sometimes about left-handed relievers serving as closers because oftentimes left-handed relievers operate as lefty specialists. But Wilson actually has better career numbers against right-handers than he does against left-handers in his major league career. Um, he's really good. I, the, the only worry there might be that uh, the Tigers trade him um, if they fall out of contention because they were actually trying to move him a lot um, this spring. Uh, actually over the offseason, too, and even into last summer. Um, but, you know, if, if they're going to rely on him as their closer, um, you know, there's a lot of fantasy value there. Because I, I think K-Rod, to me, is probably done. You've seen the fastball velocity diminish this year as it started to do last year. Um, we've written him off in the past, and it's he's proven us wrong. But um, I, I think, I mean, at age 35, I think it's it's fair to say that, you know, he might really be washed up. Also, let me touch on the Giants situation uh, before I throw it back to you. Big offseason acquisition Mark Melanson was placed on the disabled list this week with a pronator strain in his left forearm. 
It's something he's been pitching through for a couple of weeks, and Giants manager Bruce Bochy said he's optimistic Melanson will be ready to return from the disabled list when he's first eligible, but that would be May 16th since his disabled list stint is retroactive to May 6th, and uh, to me that seems really soon. We won't know anything for sure until Melanson starts throwing again, which would have to happen within the next couple of days, probably on Friday if he's going to make it back by early next week. Um, I think this disabled list extends into late May, even if the injury is as minor as the Giants are claiming. Um, but but what do I know? Derek Law, <laughs> Derek Law will be the primary fill-in at closer for San Francisco. He earned a save on Wednesday afternoon against the Mets, despite allowing two earned runs in the bottom of the ninth. I did pick Law up in a couple of leagues after the Giants put Melanson on the disabled list. It happened right before their game um, on Tuesday night. And I actually started both Law and Joaquin Benoit on Wednesday. I think they allowed seven earned runs while while recording like three outs between the both of them. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple uh NL East closer situations I wanted to touch on. You mentioned Joaquin Benoit and uh, their manager Pete McCannon who actually signed an extension today by the way. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of developed a little bit of a reputation in fantasy circles is kind of a kind of a guy that's going to give you headaches because I mean he shouldn't have even give the given the job to Jenmar Gomez going into the season and then he waited like a week before pulling him from the job and went to he said he was going to go to Joaquin Benoit and that lasted I think like one or two appearances then he went to Hector Neris kind of without uh, prompting ahead of time so mm-hmm. that that kind of caught fantasy losers off guard. And now neither Neris or Benoit have pitched very well lately. Neither one of them have a save in May. Yeah. Uh, ben, Benoit, as you mentioned, gave up five runs on Wednesday, and he's been roughed up his last two appearances. And like I mentioned, Neris hasn't really pitched very well lately either. I would bet on Neris out of those two guys simply because he's just a better pitcher. But that's really a situation that could cause headaches. And moving over to the Nationals, it sounds like both Sean Kelly and uh, Coda Glover could both be back this weekend. Kelly's out with a back injury and Glover with a hip injury. And Matt Albers and Andy Romero have been kind of filling in at closer for the Nationals for the last couple weeks. And uh, it, But I think Kelly's probably going to vault to the top of the list once he gets back. Um, Glover could be in the mix as well, but Kelly... He did give up runs in his last two appearances before going on the disabled list. I don't know if the back had something to do with that or not, but he's he's pitched pretty well overall since a, like a rough first week of the season. Uh, I think ultimately the Nationals, you'd probably agree, are going to trade for a closer eventually, mm-hmm. sometime before the deadline. But they, you know they've been mentioned being in the mix for David Robertson and Kelvin Herrera, both of which would. Obviously, big be a good fit, but I think Kelly is probably the guy to own for saves right now. Yeah, Ke- Kelly apparently threw a made a simulated appearance at Nationals Park on Wednesday and went and threw it full intensity and felt good about it. So yeah, I I, I like Kelly, but th- there are some durability issues with him. Um, Two time Tommy John surgery guy. They they rarely use him on back to back days, but you know their their bullpen has been a mess lately, and you know they might be forced to change that mentality with him um let's move on to talk about pirate starter jameson tyon who landed on the disabled list last saturday after complaining of groin discomfort and then 
underwent surgery Monday at Allegheny General Hospital for suspected testicular cancer. Yeah, unfortunate news yeah. out of Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, the the timetable for him is totally up in the air right now, and that's not really at the forefront of the Pirates or you know fantasy owners' concern. It shouldn't be anyway. But the treatment plan is pending further testing, and there's really nothing I don't think the that Tyone's owners can really do right now other than just wait. Hopefully we'll find out some news on how the further testing has gone here pretty soon. But, you know, I think you're, I think you're pretty much forced to just kind of, kind of sit tight and just wait for the next news to come in. Trevor Williams, Trevor Williams has been filling in uh, for Tyon right now. He gave up six runs, six earned runs in his first start. And it sounds like they're going to give him a few more to see if he can get on the right track. But, if he falters anymore, it's uh, maybe Stephen Brault or Drew Hutcherson could step in. I was kind of intrigued by Hutcherson, what he could do in working with Ray Searage after they acquired him a trade from the Blue Jays last year. Hutcherson's a guy who's shown flashes of of stuff in the past. He's, he's got a good arm, but obviously consistency's been a been an issue for him, and he hasn't really pitched that well at Triple A Indianapolis so far this season. So. I don't think a call-up for him is imminent, but out of those three, if, if Tyone's absence you know, is going to be a while, Hutchinson would maybe out of those three be the guy that I'd be intrigued by. Yeah, it's looking grim for Pittsburgh. They, they answered play Thursday with a record of 14-20, last place in the National League Central, and I'd say the outlook does not appear good for them climbing back into the race considering they just lost their second-best pitcher, um, D- DJ and I talked about this back when Starling Marte got suspended for 80 games for PDs that fantasy owners might want to consider what kind of roster changes might be coming from a team that is probably going to be a seller at the deadline. Uh, definitely Andrew McCutcheon will be on the block. Tony Watson, the current Pirates closer, is an impending free agent and will probably get moved, which means you might want to stash Felipe Rivero already. Um, he has some of the best stuff in the entire league, uh, a high 90s fastball that will reach into the hundreds with a wicked slider. I did a Reddit AMA just before the start of the season and was asked to name somebody who's not going to get drafted this spring in a standard league, but everybody will own by the middle of the summer, and my choice for that was Rivero. Um, I, I think he's one of the best non-closers in baseball. Um, yeah, it's funny that the Pir- Pirates got criticized at the deadline when they traded uh, Melanson for him and yeah. act like they were like they were you know not trying to win, but you know especially with especially with Melanson hurt, Rivero might actually be the better reliever of the two right now. Right, Rivero has incredible swing and miss stuff. I, I think he'd be wasted in, in a closer role for the Pirates, but that's yeah. that's how some teams operate. Um, we're gonna do a quick hit section now where you and I just go back and forth and, and touch on some some stuff that is interesting to us and might be interesting to listeners. I'll start with. Aaron Altair, who is like suddenly the best player in the National League, um, he was pushed into a starting role in the Phillies outfield when Howie Kendrick landed on the disabled list back on April 16th with a right abdominal strain, and the dude has absolutely flourished. Uh, he homered twice on Wednesday against the Mariners, giving him four home runs over his last three games, and three of those homers have been three-run shots. Uh, for the year, Altair has a three fifty-one batting average, 435 on base percentage, 743 slugging percentage to go along with seven home runs, 21 RBIs, three steals, and 19 runs scored in 25 games. 
Uh, This production has kind of come out of nowhere. He did post decent numbers in the minors in 2015 and 2016, but nothing like this. I expect regression to come soon. It'll it'll definitely come soon, but he kind of does pass the eye test with his 6'5 athletic frame. And Kendrick isn't due back anytime soon. The last update we had on him was that he hasn't been cleared for some baseball activities, definitely not a minor league rehab assignment. Um, you have to figure the the rebuilding Phillies are, are going to keep starting Altair just to see what they have even, even when Kendrick returns. Um, you've got to think those numbers are going to come down, but definitely a must-own in standard mixed leagues for however long the hotness lasts. He has the power and speed to maybe keep up, keep lucking into some big-time counting stats. I, I don't think he's going to bat 350 with a on-base percentage in the 400s, but... Um, you know, a pretty good-looking player. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Yonder Alonso. Entered the season with a career high of nine home runs, and he's already got 11 this year. He's completely revamped his swing, and he's hitting a ton of fly balls. And the guy's a former top prospect, and he's a big dude. So the, the power is not necessarily surprising. You just couldn't really unlock it because he was hitting so many balls on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think this, the, the power breakout for him is legit. His, his strikeout rate is up. He's kind of traded a little bit of contact for, for that power, which is something fancy owners are okay with, obviously. But even with it elevated a little bit, it's, his strikeout rate is still good for a power hitter. I know he's not in a, a great hitter's park, but we saw Chris Davis hit, 40-plus home runs at Oco Coliseum last year. So, I don't know. I think the the kind of fly ball revolution that's taken over, Alonzo's the kind of the new poster boy for that, and I am I think he, I'm pretty bullish on him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think there's some real tangible changes there. He's maybe not a 40-homer guy, but I, I could see him getting to 30. Um, tw- Twins po- top pitching prospect Jose Barrios is knocking wildly on the door for a call-up. Uh, he has a 1.23 ERA and 0.81 WHIP through six starts this season at AAA Rochester. Um, he's allowed just 24 hits in 39 and two-thirds innings while racking up 39 strikeouts against just eight walks. Just fantastic numbers across the board um, for a guy who, you know, not too long ago was considered a top 10, you know, a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Mike Berardino of the St. Paul Pioneer Press heard from a well-connected source Thursday that there's nothing imminent on a promotion for Barrios. But the Twins are giving another start to Nick Tepish on Thursday. Um, He was pounded by the Red Sox last weekend, and they're expected to start waiver claim Adam Wilk this weekend against the defending American League champion Indians. you got to figure that Barrios would look a lot better in one of those spots, even though he did struggle in his first turn through the major leagues last year. Um, The stuff is there. His command looks better. I think he's ready to go. I, I don't expect Tepish or Wilk to be in that rotation next week. Um, I think it'll be Barrios, but but who knows? And if the Twins are playing the service time game with Barrios and trying to get another year of control out of him, they'd have to wait until June 27th to call him up. And I, I just don't see them waiting that long. I mean, that's that's six weeks, um, and you know they're, they're trying to stay relevant. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty bullish on Barrios for the long, long long haul too. He his walk rate was way up in the majors last year, and that's that's not something that he 
he did in the minors at all. So I think more experience and he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think I, he, he made like some kind of adjustment to his fastball. It was really like his fastball that he was tra- having trouble commanding. And, and I, I've read that he's he's made real adjustments to that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Trevor Cahill. Yeah. A, a sentence that I didn't think I'd be saying <laughs> a just, month ago. I just picked him <laughs> up in a, in a couple of leagues. A 3.06 ERA through his first six starts for the Padres this season. He currently ranks seventh in baseball with a 30.1% strikeout percentage. That's behind only Chris Sale, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Robbie Ray, Danny Salazar, and Michael Pineda. So he's keeping pretty good company there. Walks are always going to be an issue with Cahill, and I don't think that's going to change at all, but obviously it helps that he's calling Petco Park at home in that regard, and He's allowed one earned run so far in his three starts at Petco. He's probably more of a matchups-based guy for me still. I don't think you can trust him in, in bad matchups like the Dodgers on the road are, are known for killing right-handed pitchers. You're, you you're going to want to bench him in that regard. But obviously, given where Cahill was a month ago and now that he's a, certainly at least a viable streaming option, it's quite a turnaround for him. Yeah. Um, let's let's get to the Roto World mailbag uh, from Wilco Wacko on Twitter. How would you rank Trevor Rosenthal, Dylan Batansis, Addison Reed, and Corey Kniebel the rest of the way? He notes that it's a points league where saves are worth eight, holds are worth four, strikeouts are worth two, and innings pitched are worth two apiece. Yeah, I, th- I think Reed is a a clear number one for me because he's it looks like he's probably going to be a closer yeah. for a while. And I already noted earlier his numbers since since come over to the Mets. He's been really, really good. So he's a clear number one for me. I would have Rosenthal number two. Um, he's look like he he's, looks like he's completely back. He's Sun Wano has struggled a little bit this season. He, he's pretty much been himself since you know the first couple weeks. And I think he's probably going to hang on to that closer job, but I also think that Rosenthal is the best guy in that bullpen right now, and it's possible that Mike Matheny decides at some point, oh, hey, I want my best reliever in the ninth inning. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Patances, I would put number three. Uh, I'd put Knable number four. If if holds didn't count in this league, I might move Knable up because I think he might have the best shot at saves after Reed out of this group. Uh, Neftali Feliz is, is look pretty decent, but if he does have a good first half, he's probably going to be traded. So I think Knable could find his way into into saves eventually. Yes, yeah, I think we got this question from Wilco Wacko before the Mets announced that Jarris Familia has that shoulder issue. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and Reed's the clear number one for me too. Um, and then I, I pretty much agree with you the rest of the way. I've been, I've been really impressed with – with Knable, um so far, I've been able to watch a few of his appearances. He got the Brewers out of a tough jam on, on Thursday afternoon against the Red Sox. I think it was second and third with no outs at one point. Um, really good stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Reed's a clear number one there. Um, yeah, I think it's all about health with Knable. He's had an issue staying healthy, but you're right. He's got great stuff. Yeah. All right, next question is from... Matt Kumaji on Twitter. I, I don't. I didn't pronounce his last name wrong. <laughs> right, but uh, that's par for the course. Um, at, at what point do I completely give up on Gregory Polanco? I don't think you can completely give up on him. Certainly, but I am really worried about him. Yeah. I, I think that shoulder might still be an issue. He 
He's actually had issue with the shoulder apparently for a few years now. It's bothered him off and on. And during the second half last year, he missed a few games. And even after he came back, it seemed like it was still bothering him. He had a, a 682 OPS in the second half last year. And obviously he hasn't hit a home run so far, so far this year. And he mentioned that the shoulder was an issue for him during spring training as well. His hard hit rate in 2015 was 30.3%. 2016, it was 35.7%. So far this year, it's 20.5%. You want to you want to hear the names that he ranks? <laughs> yeah, the, sure. the only the only players that rank below Gregory Polanco in a hard hit rate: Gerard Dyson, oh, Jose Peraza, Eric Ibar, Billy Hamilton, and D Gordon. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's super concerning to me. Slap hitting speed guys, and yeah. if Polanco's only going to be a speed only guy, you know what? What's his realistic upside for steals anyway? Like 20, 25, maybe thirty. I think his career high is twenty seven. Yeah, um, twenty five probably. Yeah, the shoulder is really concerning. Like you said, had problems with it in the second half last season, and then to show up at spring training and still be dealing with it, it sounds like something that's only going to get better with serious long-term rest or maybe even surgery. Um, and when you, men- yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned also about the pirates, uh, yeah. you know, probably being sellers eventually too, that that could also mean, you know, if a guy like Polanco is dealing with nag- nagging injuries, maybe he eventually shuts it down and has surgery. So also something to keep in mind with him. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm with you. I don't think you give up on him yet. You know, with the off chance that he gets it, well, maybe it's not an off chance, but the, the, the chance that he gets it going, I mean, is his ADP in Yahoo leagues this spring was sixty-one point three. I saw yeah. him go as high as the fourth round in some leagues. I mean, you, you can't just cut bait on a on a dude like that. But there are serious red flags there. Um, and yeah, if he's a if he's a speed only guy, he's not even really a great speed only guy. I mean, he has six steals so far this year, but he probably won't keep that pace. Um, yeah, a lot of concerns. A- anyway, that's that's going to do it for this episode of the Roto World Baseball Podcast. Um, again, if you're trying to find current and past episodes, we're on Stitcher, Audio Boom, the Google Play Store. We always post the episodes at the Roto World website. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to get the show every week, um, and rate and review us if you, if you like what you hear. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.